I'm your host, Kaylee, and this is Rebel Wellness. Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to yet another episode of Rebel Wellness. I am your host, Kaylee, also known as Coach Kales. And we are embarking on the third and final part of this women's health cycle syncing series that has been kind of this whole month's focus. And I also want to just say for a second, if you've made it through this entire series and you plan to listen to this entire episode, I mean, this episode is probably the most hot topic question asked. I get this question all the time, especially because I started into this industry on the fitness side. I was finishing up my nutritionist stuff through my degree And I was like, well, there's no reason to wait to be a trainer and get my foot in the door with the health industry. So I immediately started training while I was still in college. Therefore, I have the longest professional experience on the fitness side. So I do tend to get asked uh, the most questions about fitness still. But I would like to say, if you made it through this entire series and any parts of it resonated for you, I would love for you to let me know shoot me a hello DM on my Instagram, um, Rebel Wellness Podcast, or at Coach by Kales, either of those. And I would love to pick somebody to share their story or multiple people who will let me know that like, hey, this was helpful for me, or yes, this is totally something that I've struggled with, or I've never even thought about this before. So I would love to meet you and hear your personal story. Okay, so diving in, if you are somebody who is new to cycle tracking and trying to see how your own individual cycle is responding to your health goals, this whole topic is really important. So if you did not listen to episode one or two on cycle syncing, um, I would highly suggest you go back and listen to those as well. So why is it so important to pay attention to your cycle and sync it with your exercise, nutrition, mindset practices, work practices, etc.? It's really key because when you align your activities and your nourishment with your hormones and therefore energy levels, you can find your balance a lot better in life versus just haphazardly steamrolling through life and guessing here and there that, oh, this is because this happened at work today, or I'm feeling this way just because I think I am having all these different mental health issues, you know, different things like that. We kind of just externalize them. And really everything that gets externalized starts internally for most of us. That's really important to kind of understand and acknowledge because especially as females, we really have gotten disconnected from how important our cycle is for every single thing that goes on with us. And that's not just an opinion. That's just a absolute fact. We already know exactly how hormones affect our mood, affect our outbursts. Uh, There's not any question in why we become more analytical and picky at our partner during our luteal phase when we get a surge of progesterone and it might calm us down, but sometimes we can get hyper analytical. That is just a mechanism at which the increase in progesterone occurs, especially if some of us are a little imbalanced and we have also too much estrogen. We could get this kind of weird monster of hyperanalytical and a little bit like emotional outbursty. You know, all those things are not just like the case of the female 
life. It's also directly correlated to, like I've been calling it, kind of the report card our cycle is giving us each month. Back to cycle syncing and fitness. This is going to be a game changer for all of you who really take it seriously and at least spend three to four months tracking your cycle. I have to take a moment and say, for anyone who was scared away from tracker apps after the Roe v. Wade stuff, I totally hear you and I understand the initial shock factor and worry of what it can mean. I was there. I was thinking that too. I use Flow app. Most of my clients use the Flow app and we were all kind of like, seeing this kind of fear-mongering going on about it. I have several clients that are lawyers and even just being a business professional, knowing how data is shared and or accessed legally out of all of the apps that we use, a tracker app that we specifically put in if we're bleeding, if we have diarrhea, if we have headaches, what time our cycle started, et cetera, is not enough data to ever be used against you in a position that they would treat it as if it were not fallible. There is too much risk of imperfect use when you're logging that most legal systems would not take to ever using any of that data for you as an individual to really pursue any legal action against you. My client who's a lawyer said they most likely would take your text messages, and other data that they can access from your phone first before they would even bother using a period tracker app. And when you really zoom out and think about it from the big picture, what is your data about you bleeding, you cramping, et cetera, going to be beneficial for to a pursuing party in the grand scheme? Your data really doesn't matter in the grand scheme. And the reason I bring this up is not just because of all of that. It's because period tracker apps are women's health. They are one of the best, simple, and powerful tools for women to this date as far as where technology meets ease of use for personal knowledge. So what I mean by that is that flow apps and things like that have powerful algorithms that can really help you as an individual understand what's going on with your body. Flow has been immensely eye-opening for a lot of my clients when they realized I'm having consistently really short cycles. No wonder I'm having trouble with fertility because that means that most likely they're having anovulatory cycles, things like that. Or I'm having consistent headaches at this period of time and Flow told me that it's because I'm having too big of a spike of estrogen potentially or too low of a spike of estrogen in my follicular phase. There's so many beautiful, amazing things that really empower women to better understand their bodies and making women run away from these powerful tools whose data ultimately doesn't really matter is a huge disservice to women. So women giving other women the advice to delete their period tracker off of this kind of false fear belief is really detrimental to all the progress we're making, especially because should you opt into it, large scale tracking apps like Flow have been able to do better anonymous data studies for women's health because a lot of science just doesn't study us. And it's a really great way for them to gather this data 
without having to need tons of funding and things like that. And again, it's data that ultimately doesn't really matter. And they can take so much more important data, like where you're at off of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, especially TikTok is the most questionable of how much data they're gathering off of you. I have multiple people in my circle that work with data security that I know have confirmed that those apps are far more frightening as far as data collection versus a period tracker app. So I needed to take the time to say that I should have probably said it in the first uh, episode of this series, but I wanted to talk about it because there it's very hard for you to consistently track and well track all of your cycle and your symptoms by just by hand. You totally can do that. That's totally a possible thing. I've known some people who do that, uh, writing it down, et cetera. But more often than not, just clicking your little app and selecting started my period is so much easier. You'll have a lot more consistency and precision, so to speak, with doing it that way versus writing it down, forgetting you didn't write it down, then not knowing what day you did and missing out on all of the really awesome insights that a lot of these larger scale apps can give you. What I want to also say is it's extremely important for learning your fitness and energy levels to make sure that you're making notes in your tracker app or whatever way you're tracking about different ebbs and flows throughout your cycle. Because then you can look back over the past several months and try to make some correlations when you're trying to plan out your future fitness programming. That's extremely important for finding your unique needs because everybody's going to have different cycles and that's normal. If you're having really horrible cycles, something at a deeper level is probably going on that needs attention. I would highly recommend you find yourself a good functional medicine doctor, women's health specific doctor, um, or just a, just vet a good PCP that does seem to focus a little bit more on women's health. This is important because women's bodies are not small male bodies. They are completely different. And it does help to have somebody who is in your lane, who also focuses the most on the different hormone levels and how that can affect you as an individual versus just kind of writing you off and saying, oh, it's just your cycle. Or even worse, just saying, oh, just go on birth control. It'll fix it because it doesn't fix it. So as I've researched for myself and then the field research of observing and learning from all of my different female clients, It has become apparent that different people have different perspectives on cycle syncing with your fitness routine. Some people have a lot of the same things to say. Some have completely different. Some I kind of question whether or not they understand the differences in the hormones. (laughs) So overall, I've gathered all of the different perspectives and experience I've seen. And this is where my advice is coming from. So going back to looking at your four-week cycle, so to speak, your first two weeks are your follicular phase, your last two weeks are your luteal phase. If we spread them out into a little bit wider scope, your first phase is your menses, your menstruation phase. That's when you're bleeding. That's the first day one through seven at most. Your next week is going to be your follicular phase. That's when you're starting to get the rise in estrogen and you're preparing for ovulation. Then you have ov- ovulatory phase, which is going to be when you're ovulating, which is your highest peak 
of estrogen and then progesterone is going to start kicking in. And then you get your fourth week, which is your luteal phase, which is that PMS week. Uh, it's the week as your progesterone is spiking and your estrogen is dropping and it's kind of increasing that lining in your uterus as well as changing your mood and your energy levels because it's going to also prep you to shed that lining and have your bleeding again. So those are kind of the four phases of your cycle. When you look at your own cycle, you really want to see 28 to 30 days. Anything shorter than that would be good for you to try to work on lengthening it so you have a really healthy long luteal phase. But it's not necessarily unhealthy to be slightly shorter than a 28-day But especially as you get older, like past your mid-30s, those days will tend to change because you are not probably ovulating as much as your ovarian reserve is depleting. That's just normal for getting older. So if we're looking at your first, let's call your first week, your menses week, your bleeding week, either you're the person who's completely incapacitated, you really don't want to do anything at all, you feel really crampy, lethargic, etc., This is the best time for you to just take a chill pill if you're that person. You're going to want to do something that's called LIS, low intensity steady state cardio. This is walking, not really getting your heart rate over 135 beats per minute is a good way to gauge that. Yoga, stretching, breathing, meditation, really low impact stuff is probably your best move if you're a person who gets a really crappy period. If you're a person like for me, for example, at this stage, I've mostly recovered a healthy cycle for myself post birth control. But for me, I'm actually not that incapacitated during my bleed part. Um, Oftentimes, my first day of bleeding is pretty uncomfortable. Sometimes day two is the heaviest, so to speak. But regardless, throughout all of that, I'm usually good with tampon and aligner. And I don't feel uncomfortable going to the gym and weightlifting. Sometimes it actually makes me feel better. So if you're a person who's in that kind of category, you don't necessarily feel like you need to lay out on the couch or have a heating pack, then you are probably a person who will do well to weightlift still on that day. I usually would say, especially for a lot of my clients, um, on your bleed day, you can actually still lift pretty heavy on those days. However, you're going to want to go for longer rest periods in between. So we're not trying to overexert yourself in the sense of going heavy and fast. We're trying to look for heavier, like 80 to 90% capacity max and 75 to 90 second rest. So we're looking at like a minute to a minute and a half of rest, at least in between sets. However, as far as cardio goes, if you're one of those people, I would still keep it towards something like list cardio, just so that you can let your body kind of do the busy activity it's doing internally so that it doesn't feel like externally it's also overexerting. Um, Some people may think like, oh, but like, isn't heavy weightlifting overexerting? Not always. And you actually get a little bit of spike of um, human growth hormone when you're on your period, allegedly. So you can actually put a little bit of that part of your face to use. If you're a person who is totally fine and feels pretty good Uh, during that bleed cycle. My cycle usually lands around three to four days. I'm usually in and out of it pretty consistently around that time. Um, And again, I don't get a ton of crampings and such, uh, which a good majority of my clients also have this experience. So I don't tell them no weightlifting at all. 
because you totally can, you still can lift, but I just would say reduce your intensity, extend your rest periods, etc. All right, so then you're heading into the follicular phase. So you're like going day seven into uh, day 16 or so. This is when you're leading into ovulation. Ovulation usually happens around day 14 or so. So your estrogen is increasing. This means your energy is increasing. This is where we kind of get that vitality vibe. This is the perfect time to go hard in the paint. This is when you actually are just following your programming to a T if you're strength training, which I highly recommend always, all the time, because the lean muscle is much more efficient and effective on the female body than cardio only. You want to make sure that you're going to listen to how much you can exert during this time. So if you are feeling like really sluggish and not good still during this phase, something might be off. That's again, a good time to go get your hormones checked through a good doctor. You want to ask them to run full metabolic panels for you, hormone panels if they're open to it. Tell them why you feel this way and don't let them just prescribe you things. That's a red flag. You want them to help you kind of figure out what's the snapshot inside what's going on in your body. And oftentimes blood serum testing is not the only best way to figure that out. Sometimes it's better to get multiple fluids from the body to figure out because each one has different reasons. Like blood is a good snapshot of the general what's going on. However, it doesn't tell you what your detoxing is doing. Therefore, you would want to know what's going on with your urine because they can read metabolites and hormonal metabolites through your urine as well. And saliva is a really great way to test active hormones also. And that actually can be accessible through online. There's a lot of different mail-in types that are very accurate and much easier to access Sometimes there's still a little bit of an investment because a lab does have to go and take all this stuff and process it for you, but always a worthwhile investment because you have to invest in your health out of your own money because unfortunately, healthcare in the US is sick care. And so you often are not getting your money's worth <laughs> as far as preventative care goes. So when you are going towards ovulation, especially on ovulation day, that's peak week. That's when you have the most energy, the most strength. It's the best time to put HIIT workouts in if you want to do those. Higher intensity spins, heavy weightlifting, shorter rest periods if you wanted to. Think Orange Theory Fitness. This is the only time of your month you should do Orange Theory Fitness. <laughs> then you go into your luteal phase. Once you're into your luteal phase, you are going to start feeling that downshift. Your progesterone is starting to increase. Your estrogen is decreasing. Therefore, you start to feel a little bit lower energy. This is like when we talked about the nutrition stuff. This is when your carb cravings come in. It's also a good time to kind of put those extra carbs to use. However, your body is going to also use those extra carbs. That's why it's asking for them because it's about to shed the lining and bleed. You don't really want to overdo it with activity either. And so I usually suggest to my clients, shift yourself down into that 60 to 75% capacity with your weightlifting and cardio. I would adjust to like miss. So moderate intensity steady state or begin the cycle of your low intensity steady state walking or yoga. This would be a better time for like Hatha yoga. Your follicular phase with your ovulation is going to be better for power vinyasa or something like that. 
Then as you start to reach that day 24 until bleed, this might actually be your most PMS-y phase. I mean, this is when PMS starts to happen for real. I know for myself, I actually feel worse on these days than I actually do on my bleed days. So therefore, I tend to actually treat those days a little bit more like bleed day advice, where I do pretty much just walking, stretching, rehab stuff, recovery, and or nothing. You know, it's okay to do nothing, (laughs) which is actually really weird and hard for a lot of us. A lot of us have this kind of all or nothing perfection mentality where we do not think there's any room for nothing. And actually almost being as perfect as you can to listening to your body sometimes requires nothing. That might be tricky to wrap your head around, but I definitely want to invite you to experience it for yourself and try to think about how your body feels when you actually do let it rest. Because sometimes we're in this kind of wired and tired phase or we're just overexerted in general. A lot of us have this typical pattern for what we would call adrenal fatigue, which is kind of a blanket statement for getting a huge cortisol dip around that noon to 2 p.m. time frame. And that's a sign from our body that things are dysregulated. We are working too hard. We're not giving ourselves a phase of rest and digest. <laughs> that's a big slap in the face sign like, Take your time for yourself. And if you are a naturally cycling female, this is really important for you to heed this time frame between day 24 until the end of your bleed period. Not necessarily that you need to not do anything at all those all those days, but those are the most important days for you to capitalize on resting and listening to your body and what it needs. That's a good time as well to kind of tackle some projects around the house. If you feel like mentally tired and not interested, also a great time to just be a potato. If you go to work all day and you come home and you're just like, you know what? I just like don't want to. Just don't. Just don't. That's totally okay. You're going to have that nice little peak of estrogen again coming up soon and you can capitalize on that and hit it hard at the gym again. Okay. So you're not going to backtrack on progress from several days of not hitting the gym. Sometimes it actually can progress you better on your progress when you take that rest period time. In the fitness world, we call that a deload week. Naturally, women should always have a deload week. If you're working out and very hard and very consistently every single week of your cycle, you're probably overtraining. So it is very important for you to listen to those energy cues and that latter part of your cycle. Okay, so we talked about a lot again on this episode, but I really hope that all of that was helpful for you to better understand how to adjust your fitness to your cycle. I promise you it will be such a game changer once you start nourishing your body in a way that's not just food, that's actually listening to it, letting it rest, then actually challenging it when it's at best set up hormonally to be challenged and following that cycle for at least 90 days and see how you feel. So that is all for today's episode. Again, if you have listened to this whole series, or even if you just listened to this one and you loved it, please shoot me a message on at Rebel Wellness Podcast or at Coach by Kales. And I would love to say hello and hear from you. 
if this was helpful. Please share it with anybody you know that is either you think they might be overtraining, you think they might need to hear about how you can better manage your fitness goals with your cycle because oftentimes we don't even realize that we're kind of letting ourselves derail our progress when it's just a natural part of our cycle. Just get back up on the horse. Your period should never throw you off. It should just be part of your cycle. I hope you have a great week ahead and I look forward to our next episode on Sunday. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of Rebel Wellness. If you loved what you heard and you are ready to take your wellness journey to the next level, follow me on Instagram at Coach by Kales for daily nuggets of health and fitness wisdom. We release new episodes weekly on Sundays, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss an update. As always, lean into your strength, walk with confidence, and celebrate your nourishment. We'll catch you next Sunday on Rebel Wellness.